This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. Hello, you cartoon cape crusaders. Welcome to Batman Animation. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. Batman Animation is about Batman, the animated series from the early 1990s. Go figure. How about that? As you may have realized by now, we love the Bat. Oh, yeah. Batman's pretty great. Not only did we give him a full month of July dedicated strictly to Batman on the main channel, we named our show after the guy. That's true. The Cape Crusader, the Cape Podcasters. Come on, put it together, fellas. That's a thing. We did it. We wanted to talk about Batman animated series because, to me, this was probably my first real dose of Batman. Besides, like, the 89, anything like that, this is what hooked me. Oh, 100%. This was, I mean, this is like my childhood here. This is, this Batman raised me. Kevin Conroy, dad. Basically, one and the same. That's pretty much how it went. It was it was Bruce Wayne and, and Bruce Betts. Those were those were my dads. <laughs> the, the duo, the dynamic <laughs> duo. <laughs> Do you remember like watching this as a kid, sitting down Saturday mornings? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, of course. This was it was this. It was uh, others. I know I watched some Spider Man. Let me give you some others because this actually was on Fox Kids Saturday morning. Okay. This episode first premiered on September fifth, nineteen ninety two. Some people say September sixth. Some people say September nineteenth. I don't know. They don't know the date because the dates are all over the place because this technically isn't the first episode, which is will, why it was we're going to talk sixth. about today. Exactly. But other shows that were on that morning at 8 a.m. You had Tom and Jerry kids <laughs> at 8:30 and 9 a.m. You got a double dose of Howie Mandel, Bobby's World. I love Bobby's World. 9:30 a.m. Tasmania. Really? Yeah. Then 10 a.m. Batman the animated series. 10:30 a.m. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. Wow. 11 a.m., Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, and 11.30 a.m. was Little Shop. Wow, I don't think I watched half of those shows. I know I didn't. <laughs> I, I absolutely know it. And if you want to go a little deeper into this thing, depending on what date this came out, because, again, it's up for discussion, apparently. I'm not even sure that the creators, Eric Radomski and Bruce Tim, know. But, <laughs> uh, other shows that were on kind of around that same time. You also have The Plucky Duck Show. Right. Eek the Cat. Oh, wow. Eek. Super Dave, Daredevil for Hire. Okay. And George of the Jungle. George of the Jungle. What a time to be a kid. What a time. So the first episode we're going to talk about, we're going to go in, let's call it DVD Blu-ray order. I think it's the easiest yeah, way to do uh, it. Yeah, production That seems order. to be the way it was meant to be presented. So here we go. We're going to be talking about the first episode, which is called On Leather Wings. What a name. What an interesting name. I wonder what could it, what could it be about? Who knows? Uh, wings leather leather great it's i love like the opening title of it because it has that really 1940s noir that, style yes to it. the vintage title card is just chef's kiss it's so so good i'm gonna call them bruce and eric the creators just because that's the way they refer to themselves on the commentary on the dvd okay it's a fucking terrific commentary if you ever want to listen to a good one on on an animated series it's really really good but they said that what they were going for for the whole look of the show was old-timey and timeless at the same time. And they kind of settled on the 1940s-type look. That's uh, 
That's dead on. That seems to be a theme with with Batman. Is you want to live in the past a little bit more, but still give it its timeless approach? Yeah, exactly. I know in the 89 Batman, we talked about that with like the boom boxes and prints in general. Right. Like but when does this the take look place? Of it. Yeah, exactly. Let's hear what this episode's about. We start off with a giant half man, half bat creature flying around Gotham, robbing pharmaceutical companies. One night, he breaks into Phoenix Pharmaceuticals and assaults a security guard before stealing assorted chemicals from the lab. Easy enough. Good setup. Yeah. You know, there's something out there. It's doing bad stuff. We got 22 minutes. Let's figure this out. Detective Harvey Bullock, assuming Batman is to blame, petitions Mayor Hill for a special task force to eliminate the Batman. Just jumping right to conclusions, as most Gotham cops will do most of the times. That's When uh... in doubt, it's the Batman, even though you know that there's an established list of villains. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> it has to be the Batman. Commissioner Gordon objects, but the mayor grants the request, and and uh, District Attorney Harvey Dent promises Bullock immunity. We get a uh, we get a Harvey Dent right off the bat. Human regular flipping the coin and everything. Harvey yeah. Dent with his yeah his coin. It's pretty neat. Holy detective work, Batman! Batman is actually doing detective work. It's amazing whenever you see it. The world's greatest detective rarely detects. We've determined that in the movies, <laughs> right? Right, but here on the animated series, he does some detective work. He sure does. Here he's investigating the robberies, sneaking into the crime scene by dosing the guard and then with his crazy knockout gas. And then he's- Crazy purple knockout gas. He's spotted by two horned up scientists. They really are horned up. They're For just... a Fox Saturday kids show, these scientists are like, let's do it. Exactly. Let's throw they down. are They are getting hot and heavy. And then they see the Batman. And they're like, oh, crap. Right. So they call it's the an, police. It's got to be frustrating. It's one of those like, you and me, baby, we ain't nothing but mammals. But let's do it like we do on Fox Saturday Kids. <laughs> so Batman sprays the room with, with some stuff and then puts on some crazy red goggles and he finds an audio tape under the <laughs> under the. Desk. I like how there's like no explanation to any of this stuff. No, it's just like, Batman's just going to do things and it's not important to explain it. We don't need all yeah, that yeah. backstory. He's got gadgets and gizmos. Aplenty. You all know Batman. So he discovers an audio tape and some hair samples. Neat. Harvey Bullock's police task force arrives and tries to trap him on the scene, but instead they end up just blowing up the whole floor of the building, allowing Batman to escape. Sure. Easy enough. As Bruce Wayne, Batman takes the samples to the bat exhibit at the Gotham Zoo. Because where else are you going to go? What do you think of the difference that Kevin Conroy pulls off between Bruce Wayne and Batman? It's a pretty uh, remarkable difference in speech. It really isn't like the inflection of everything because the Batman obviously talks down here and he's not overdoing it right. at all. No, he's which is not awesome. Christian bailing it at all. But then then Bruce Wayne, he's all friendly and his just speaking in a, a higher octave. Yeah. It's awesome. It's very cool. I guess Kevin Conroy is one of the first people to ever actually do that where he changes the voice for Batman and Bruce Wayne. Well, he also had another voice in this this episode. He did. He was uh, in the Gotham City blimp. As a cop. He was at the beginning of the episode. Exactly. Because, you know, animation, you got to use what you got there. Yeah. And we've got people. But we do. Not many of them. No, not at all. <laughs> so anyway, as you do, you go to the zoo to, to meet with your bat experts, Doctors Kirk and Francine Langstrom and Francine's father, Dr. March. There are three characters in this. No denying that. Yep. They are there. March is a little kooky and clearly obsessed with bats and pretty suspicious. His name easily could have been Dr. Herring, Dr. Red Herring. (laughs) 
Yeah, it, it could have been. It could have been. <laughs> I like how he mentions whatever the study of bats is. I don't know what it is. I'm not a bat guy. Yeah, I'm kind of like Bruce Wayne when you think about it. <laughs> because Bruce Wayne didn't know what it is either, despite him being obsessed with bats. Go figure. Uh, Bruce asks Dr. March and the Langstroms to analyze the evidence from the crime scene, passing it off as a pest problem at Wayne Manor. He's like, ah, oh, these hairs were in my fireplace and there's sounds. I recorded them. Here you go. <laughs> Tell me what these are. And it's like this just brutal screaming noise. Yeah. yeah it's not even like, it doesn't sound like a bat at all. It's just like, ah! <laughs> Yeah, that definitely sounds like a bat to me. In the bat cave, the bat computer has failed to match the sounds or the hairs with any species known to man. Yeah, I kind of like this bat computer because it just has two lights on it and it's basically just a yes, no. It's perfect. It's perfect. I don't know how it actually works. And then it just, <laughs> phrases out whatever it's thinking of. I don't know how to tell you this, Master Wayne, but that ain't it. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> so when Dr. March calls back and claims that the hairs are from a common brown bat and the sounds come from bats and starlings fighting in the chimney, Batman knows that March is covering something up. He's a good detective. And before we get to the climax of this episode, why don't we take a quick commercial break? And not just any commercial break, because in the spirit of Saturday morning cartoons, we're going to talk about a commercial. <laughs> a nostalgic commercial the most nostalgic commercial brian had no idea what commercial i was about to send him and he just saw it for the first time and i think we're starting off with a bang oh i mean the biggest of bangs it's sometime in the future the ultimate challenge crossfire <laughs> <laughs> You'll get caught up in it. <gasps> oh, that hit me right in the feels. That that's right. Yeah, right. That's the, a nostalgia bomb. Right in the nostalgia bone. It hit me. I Crossfire. think you just broke it. Crossfire. You'll get caught up in it. Oh man, do you remember seeing this thing and you just get fucking jazzed every single time it popped on the screen? You know what? I loved the song. I didn't care at all about the game. Did you have the game? No, uh, I played it. I think we had the game. I think uh, Mitchell from Nerdy Thursday. I think he had it, or somebody I know had it. And uh, rich kid never, never really uh, cared for the game itself, but because it's pretty much like two player hungry, hungry hippos in a way where you have to reach out, grab the marbles, fire them in your gun and then shoot at this pog that's floating around the middle trying to get into the goal. And it took forever. That's uh, that's really complicated. It's not. It's really, (laughs) really not. (laughs) Uh, But the commercial's badass. Yeah, like these guys floating in (laughs) from the. uh, on their little, like, battle droids. Yeah, you get these close-ups of them just trying to fuck each other up. Yeah. It's pretty great. And that game has been around since 1971. It's a Milton Bradley game. Really? Apparently, the setup time is two minutes, which is a long time to grab these little metal marble ball things and pop them in a gun. I don't think that's how it was. <laughs> Playing time, five minutes. It should say between one minute and 40 minutes. Wow. Minimum. Yeah. <laughs> because that's how long some of these games took. If you had told me that this game came out in 1992, I would have believed you. I would have been like, yeah, of course, that's when it was invented. Nope. Wow. Well, that just broke me. That that blew my mind right there. 70s? Yeah, 1971. That's when this thing debuted. Damn. And it hit its peak in the early 90s because of Crossfire! You'll get caught up in it. 
Man, this is one of my favorite commercials. I had to share this one oh, for our first commercial break. Absolutely. There's no other way to go for number one. Let's figure the rest of this episode out. Let's find out the climax. Oh, yeah. And now back to our hero's adventure. After these messages. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was that ABC Kids? I don't even remember. It might have been ABC. Uh, I think it was. It was on ABC. ABC had like Doug or something like that. And also, was that one had Recess also? Uh, Doug was on Nickelodeon. Before Disney, yeah, but Doug went it. over to exactly. He went over to something eventually. That would have been ABC then uh, when he went over. Saturday Disney morning. bought Doug, but it wasn't until like ninety nine or something like it was, that. They were like in high school, high school shaped like patty mayonnaise, weren't they? At that point, <laughs> um, I think it was BB Bluff. But yeah, oh, that's it. I'm, I apologize to the whole mayonnaise family. <laughs> you should, no, you should or the Bluff family. The I apologize to all of Bluffington. Exactly, really. the Bluffs I'm, own I'm Bluffington. If you're going to apologize, right apologize to the Bluffs. They're the ones who have the money. Uh, my bad. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I don't apologize to the Valentine family. They're ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Nickelodeon really leaned into that name though, because you had Skeeter Valentine, but then you also had like my cousin Skeeter at a point, like oh, not yeah. long after. Oh yeah, the puppet show. That's right. They just really like the name Skeeter. They really. It's a funny name. It's a funny hat. You know what Will else McDonald's, Nickelodeon SNL. really liked? <laughs> stuttering. Nickelodeon just loves stuttering. They're a big fan of Nickelodeon. What, 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 what would you do? G -g 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 Guts. You know, they just, <laughs> it was every show. Wild, wild, wild and crazy kids. Man, it's like some, like a kid just got a mix board that morning yep. and said, I got this. Oh, uh, I got all this. your theme songs. Give me two minutes. You ever looked into, I know we're talking about animated series from Fox Kids, but have you ever looked into like the history of Nickelodeon now? No, not at all. If you, oh, it's actually fascinating. It's like documentaries on it about uh, Nickelodeon ba that was based in Universal Studios Orlando, Florida. Right. It had such a long run down there with all these live shows and all that stuff. And it's technically still standing today, the building itself. Really? And where the slime fountain was is now just like a sewer drain, if you will. Well, it's tucked behind one of the roller coasters. That's depressing. That is right outside of the, the city portion of Universal. Huh. I wonder what their plumbing situation is like with all that slime down there still. I can't imagine it's very good. Summer Sanders is probably just plumbing away still <laughs> trying to get it all out of there. Billy the Answer Head's just got a constant <laughs> migraine from <laughs> slime exposure. Poor guy. Anyway, <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Man, that trip felt good. Expect more of those yeah. on, on this show. That's <laughs> going to be on Patreon. <laughs> Expect more. Yeah, a lot more of where that came from. Man. So Batman returns to the zoo lab and finds... Kirk Langstrom working alone. He does this really funny thing where he's like, Kirk comes back in the room. He's like, who's there? I know someone's there. And Batman's in the shadow. And then he's just, he's like, sidesteps out of the shadow. He's like, it's me. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> but Kirk has created a formula that temporarily transforms him into a man bat. Whoa. Like a, this is not the villain you expect for the first episode of this. No, definitely not. It's an off the wall pick. It really is. I, that is a bold, bold choice. Yeah. Well, I guess they chose him specifically for this episode because he wasn't familiar to anybody outside of comic book fans. So there was no preconceived notions going in. They weren't going to like compare him to Jack Nicholson or Cesar Romero. No, they only waited one more episode to have the Joker in it. <laughs> and then Mark Hamill stole the show. But you're right. Yeah. But we'll get there. <laughs> we will shortly. <laughs> So Kirk Langstrom has become addicted to this formula to the point where he thinks the man bat is like its own independent thing. 
and is taking the necessary steps to continue its existence, like stealing the chemicals necessary to keep making the formula. Which in itself is a ridiculous premise of it's a self-preservation thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's nothing more than that. The, the threat really is isn't, stealing this stuff isn't so larger live. than just pharmaceutical companies. That's true. That's it. That's true. And security guards get thrown into rivers because Fox- Don't be a security guard at a pharmaceutical company in September of 1992 <laughs> in Gotham. You will You're get, get in the wet. <laughs> but Fox kids won't let them kill you, so don't worry. They won't. <laughs> they won't. So Kirk Langstrom transforms into the man bat and he attacks Batman. And he's got the upper hand too, until his wife comes into the lab and he flees in shame. <laughs> what a villain. Yeah, right? He's, flees in shame. He's like, oh, my wife saw me. I got to get out of here. Luckily, Batman uses his grapple gun and gets a hold of the man bat's leg. Then man bat drags him through the skies of Gotham. Man, we're going for a ride. They fly past a police helicopter to prove to Gordon and Harvey that the man bat and Batman are two different things. <laughs> I'm not quite so sure that uh, the Detective Bullock is aware of that still. Even at this point, he's kind of a dumb dumb. Yeah, he's, he's not the brightest bulb on the tree. And uh, in order to win this fight, Batman does the old cover man bat's eyes trick, which makes him crash into a building and get knocked unconscious. Yeah, and the interesting about this one is in the producer commentary, Batman gets up and he's all bloody. His face is pretty jacked up. Yeah. They're not sure if this is the first and last time you ever saw blood in this series. Oh, wow. Already. Like all over Batman, because they had a really uh, twist the network's arms on getting this thing on the air the way that they wanted to do it. And we're going to talk about that in a second. All right. I didn't expect that. So Batman takes the man bat back to the bat cave. Say that 10 times fast. Batman took the man bat. Yeah. Say it once fast, Dave. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Batman takes man bat back to the bat cave where he analyzes the chemical makeup of the formula and reverses the transformation. You know, because he's a detective slash scientist guy. Science! Batman then delivers an unconscious but human Kirk Langstrom back to Francine, his wife, and tells her that the man bat is gone. For now. We did it. And that's episode one of Batman the Animated Series. On Leather Wings. Bam. It's a really, really good one. It is really cool. It's so neat that these things play out in around 22 minutes, and comic books happen to be around 22, 23 pages long. How And it convenient. paces itself just like that. Yeah. It is brilliant. This is a special show to me, and in, to, I think, the history of television, because there's a lot of lists out there that rate this show as the number two animated show of all time. Yep, right behind The Simpsons. Right behind The Simpsons. That is ridiculously high praise. And you know what? For The this. Simpsons kind of cheated, because they have Bartman. It is cheating. I agree. The Simpsons are a bunch of hacks. That's what it comes down I to. I feel like Batman could be the number one show if they just had, like, The Simpsons on the show. <laughs> right. Bam. Sneak it in there. But this show had a lot of trouble getting made. Because of the way that it looked and the way that it portrayed Batman and the style and the tone that it was going for. Mm -hmm. This show is incredibly dark. Yes. Oh, very much so. And the reason why it's so dark is because they came up with the idea of painting their backgrounds on black paper. Wait, that's the opposite of what they're supposed to do. Hey, how about that? They took an artistic choice. Weird. Huh. Art? On TV? Yeah. Then they said that they kind of had a limited color palette that they were able to use in order to create the images, in order to get what they wanted to do across. So it actually, a lot of the times whenever you limit something, 
creative people are going to thrive in that because oh, with that limitation, it forced them to be a little more creative. Yeah, you would naturally have to change the way you do certain things to get the desired effect, which exactly. makes you thinking on a different kind of level. Exactly. And the level that they had to think on here was the palette that they had to use was the Tiny Toons palette. That makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> so you have this ridiculously dark background and you have to somehow mix it with these incredibly bright colors to create something. That checks Oh, wow. That's unreal. And it's the reason why when you look at Francine Langstrom, Mrs. Manbad, at the end of this thing, and her lips are like that bright orange color. <laughs> yeah. You got to use what you have. Wow. Well, that's pretty neat. It is pretty neat. Some other fun things that were mentioned in the commentary is the SWAT van that's in this thing. It looks insane. Oh, it's crazy. It's a real car. What? Yeah. Uh, on their way to the studio. They ended up driving past this weird-looking van, and they obviously blew this thing up in order to fit a bunch of SWAT people in it. This weird-looking van that looked exactly like this out of the 1940s. And it was that same brown color because it was just covered in primer. That's unreal. And they decided to just roll with that one because they're like, that's perfect. It looks absolutely insane. And I was like, where did they even come up with this? And Well, that checks out then. It's real. They didn't have to. It was perfect. Yeah, they said the reason why... This show, and this episode in particular, they were happy this one was the first one because it is one of the really, really good ones. And they were happy this one came first, obviously, because it set the whole tone and it set the seriousness of it up, of how it is for kids, but sort of not really also. Right, right, exactly. But they said that their focus, and this is a rarity, especially for this time, was not catered to selling toys. It was catered to the story. That is uh, unheard of in the early 90s. And I mean, they credit Bob Kane as the creator in this thing. And I feel like that never happens. Like if it does happen, it's very quiet and brushed under the rug. Right. But they wanted to hold true to what the Batman actually is. And he's a detective and he lives within these dark worlds. And they knew they could pull this off because Tim Burton had just pulled it off. Right. It was received very, very positively. (laughs) Understatement of the year. Final note I have from the commentary is their favorite moment in doing all this is at the end when Batman is riding Man Bat. Let's just call it what it is. Yep. And he gets slammed into the blimp window, the police blimp window. Right. And the window shatters. Yeah. And it's a legit jump scare because the way that it's animated and the way that it sounds and the force that he hits it with, it actually had some weight behind it. Yeah. So it's one of those things of like, they thought of all of this to make it a, I'm not going to say realistic obviously it is a cartoon. It is, it's campy in its own way, but serious at the same time. It kind of tries to mix both worlds yeah, in a it, lot of ways. It's, it's doing a balancing act, and it's doing it very well. But they wanted it to have a feel of realism. Yeah. Of this world is not fantastic. This world can exist. Obviously, it doesn't exist, but it's not unfeasible that it, it won't exist. Right. You know, zoologists making potions and turning into men bats. Exactly. It could happen, especially in this day and age. Everybody knows a little bit of little bit of battiness goes a long way. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Let's rank this episode among the whole pantheon of Batman animated series. Up to the ones we've watched so far. This Where is, do you think this one falls? This is probably, ooh, you know, I liked it. So I'm going to say it's my favorite of all the episodes we've seen so far. I'm putting it at my number one as well. That's perfect. I almost put it last. I'm glad we're in agreement. I almost put it last, but I'm going to put it first. I think that's fair. I think it's really fair. You're going out on a limb, and I appreciate you taking risks, just like the show did. I think that's fair. Can we talk about the Batmobile? Please. Oh, it's the coolest looking thing. 
It's so good. It's and stupid the long. Producers of this thing, the creators of this thing, said that this is probably the first and only time you're going to get this long introduction <laughs> to the Batmobile. Exactly. Just so you can see it from all angles. And oh my god, I don't even know how how somebody sits down and goes, "All right, let's make a car." Now let's make it 16 feet long, and and that's it. It's just a black 16 foot long car, and they're like nailed it. It's brilliant. It's like out of first Captain America movie, the Hydra cars. Yeah. Oh, exactly. That are days long. <laughs> that's what this Batmobile is. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. Let's talk about that music for a hot second. Oh, I I'm so glad you said that. Daniel fucking Elfman. Oh, what st- the hell? Be still, my Fox beating kids? heart. Oh my goodness, you take the theme directly from the 89 Batman, Danny fucking Elfman. Yeah. And then you get an extremely competent composer in Shirley Walker, Shirley Walker. to mimic Danny Elfman. And it just lands so hard. Yeah, the, the theme is still a Danny fucking Elfman original, but the music in the actual episode is all Shirley Walker. And it's- She crushes it. So good. So good. It's crazy when you see these things because it's not like that. Whatever Doug fucking has. This is like cinematic. This is epic. This is on a bigger scale of everything. And it works. It's it's an actual orchestra. I mean, it's real. This show is still absolutely incredible. Yeah. It it holds up. Almost 30 years later, it is so, so good still. And uh, the thing about Batman is he's so iconic that they never even have to show the title of the show. No, they really don't. They show. I mean, the they never intro show. Yeah, they, to the show. You get the title card. It's a long, yeah, it's a long lead up to just seeing Batman standing on a rooftop. Yep, and that's it. Brilliant. No title show. Absolutely just, brilliant. Bam! There he is. Any language, you know what the fuck is up. I love this show so much. Yeah, I can't wait to go farther on this journey of Batman animation. We're gonna have some fun with it. We are. And you know what? A couple things from the regular show might sneak their way in. Like this actual IMDb trivia fact. Oh, this is exciting. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't ready for this. Batman answers Dr. March's phone call saying, what's up, Doc? Which is Bugs Bunny's catchphrase. Oh, that's where he stole it from. Ah, Got him. That's an actual IMDb trivia fact. That kind of links into the Tiny Tunes, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Warner Brothers. There it is. Got it in there. Good for them. (laughs) WB. Another stutterer. No, that's the portrait. I think that one was just me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been the first episode of Batman Animation. Yep, episode one on Leather Wings in the book. And if you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our Patreon to hear more of it. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Like and follow us. You know where. And uh, any questions, comments, or anything, you can send them to katepodcasters at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for supporting us in what we do. We told you we had some things cooked up. Yeah. Content on content on content. That's what we want to do. We want to give you as much as you can for your, your ear holes. Put stuff in there. We'll They're open. There's a big hole in your head on the sides mostly, and things could go in it, yeah. believe it or not. We want to put stuff in it. We want to put stuff in your ear holes. We'll feed you baby bats. So we'll see you for episode two of Batman Animation, Christmas with the Joker. Mark Hamill. He's going to be in the building. Oh, I bet not you this building, Batman just in your, smells. Just in the building. In the metaphorical building. He'll be there. Is that where the Batman smells comes from? I don't think so, but maybe. We'll find out. Maybe. They, they do it. We're going to find out. We're going to find out, and it's going to be great. I can't wait. Batman animation. We'll see you next time. Batman animation.